Lays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on Sunday, February 6th, ahead of tonight's matchup versus the Dallas Mavericks on ESPN, 6 p.m. Eastern tip-off. So, late afternoon, early evening game for the Hawks, a big game, Luka versus Trey. We're going to talk about that matchup here a little bit later. We're going to briefly... Review the back-to-back where the Hawks beat the best team in the NBA, Phoenix Suns, with a Herculean effort, if I had to say, especially from Trey Young. But the team showed up that night, and then they had to travel up to Toronto to try to get revenge against the Raptors, who they lost to on Monday. And the Raptors came out swinging. Hawks fought back, fought valiantly the entire night, but ended up falling short. So we're going to talk about those two games preview the Mavs and before I even get to the plug I'm not gonna do my plug right now <laughs> but I just wanted to say some people until it happens please please stop speaking John Collins off of our team please stop doing it I know Jeremy Grant trade was out there now I'm hearing Buddy Heald Harrison Barnes for John Collins People think we're still getting Ben Simmons and, you know, 76ers and Nets seem like they're trying to work out something between James Harden and Simmons switching places. Who knows? But at this point, there's nothing out there that I would give up John Collins for right now. At this point, out of players who they have made available, there is nobody Nobody, in my opinion, that we should be trading John Collins for. John Collins is an extremely efficient player. He's shooting the highest percentage from three this year. He continually gets better on the defensive end. He's the vocal, emotional leader on this Hawks team. And we would be remiss, especially after giving him a contract the way we did, even though it wasn't a max contract, so it was still friendly enough for someone to take it, we would be, it'd be unwise to let him go, in my opinion. It'd be be unwise to let him go. Why? I mean, it's John Collins. I mean, look at the numbers. Look at what he means to the team. He means a lot to this team. I mean, he's averaging 17 and 8 this year. And my thing is, we don't give him the ball enough. We don't give him opportunities to play his game, do all that he can do, in my opinion. So that's why sometimes he looks pedestrian. Other times he's great. Monday was the rare occurrence where we gave him 11 shot attempts and he was not great. 
That was that was rare. He had a great game on Thursday against the Suns, which was a huge bounce back game and much needed in that game for the Hawks. I mean, they needed everybody that game. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. And then he turns around and has 19 field goal attempts on Friday in a loss to Toronto. Has 23 points, six rebounds, and hit two three. I mean, yeah, two threes. What more do you want? What more do you want from John Collins? I mean, if we trade him, hey, if we get something good, I'm, I'm all for it. But I'm not going to speak him off of our team. He has been... He has been loyal to Atlanta. And Hawks fans have been loyal to him. And I'm not a homer. I will be critical of him. And as I was critical of him on Monday night. But all in all, it's a great guy, great teammate. He's worked his butt off to improve every single year in the NBA. And he wants to be an Atlanta Hawk. And I want him to be an Atlanta Hawk. Now, if there's an offer that we can't refuse and John Collins has to go... Obviously, I'd be fine moving them. But none of these moves that have been spoken into non-existence at this point is worth trading John Collins. So with that, break down the last two games in this Dallas Mavericks matchup tonight after this plug. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'ma plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code Hoopball to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus 100% just like an A plus in school hopefully you got them but if not this your chance to get 100% you like playing blackjack there are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments and that's just the tip of the iceberg there is so much that you can do on my bookie and the best thing is is that no cash is required to enter and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back. First, we're going to briefly talk about a win against the best team in the NBA. Best team, not even, well, it's close, but not that close right now. Best road record, the Phoenix Suns, top five defensive team, top five offensive team. They came into Atlanta. Nate Millen talked about the message was believe in. This team played with some belief. On Thursday on TNT. Again, the Hawks just play better on TNT. I'm curious to see how we're going to play on ESPN. Because ESPN right now, we're eh. Uh, but at least it's not a Friday night ESPN game. Friday night ESPN games, the Hawks are terrible. Terrible. Any other ESPN game outside of Friday, they have won this year. So, I think it bodes well 
with us taking on the Mavericks tonight on ESPN. But TNT Hawks, like Shaq, oh, 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 which is not a hawk. Uh, a hawk is more of a screech. That's just a seagull or I don't know. I don't know what that is. But they came out as game busters on Thursday night. I mean, Phoenix had a little run in the first quarter, but for the most part, and they talked about it on the radio broadcast, on TNT, on Valley Sports. Pretty much the Hawks were in control of the game. And they were hot from three. That was the biggest difference. I mean, you hold Phoenix to 28% from three. And then the Hawks shoot 49% from three, knocking down 23s on Thursday night. And as I said on the episode before, the Hawks were going to have to shoot the three ball. But they were going to have to be efficient and selective shooting the three ball. And 41 shots from three is definitely definitively selective, but efficient as far as 49% from three, you can't beat that. And they shot 52% from the floor, which was great. I rebounded the Suns by two. A win is a win there. 25 team assists, a little lower than the average when they were in the midst of that seven-game winning streak. They were averaging about 27 team assists then. 25 is a little short, but you know what? We'll take the win. And we even had more turnovers than Phoenix on Thursday night. And we lost points in the paint. But the biggest thing was how we guarded the three-point line. And that is essentially the difference in the game. Outside of, obviously, it was a team effort. And we're going to go through the team stats now. Devin Booker did his thing. He t turned it on late. Did not shoot great from three at all. But still had 32 points. Chris Paul had 18 points. 12 assists, 4 rebounds, 50% from the floor, but 1 of 5 from 3. Aiden was pretty pedestrian, 6 points, 9 rebounds in that game. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, 24 points, pretty good game from him, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, but not efficient from 3. Crowder with 10, the Atlanta native, or sorry, Villarica native here in Georgia. And then Cam Johnson off the bench, 13 points. And JaVale McGee, who was looking like Kareem at times, Lord Jesus, had 12. So, they had contributions, and 115 in a normal NBA game would probably spell a win, especially for this Phoenix Suns team with how they play defense. But their low shooting percentage from three was what did them in. And now we got to talk about the Hawks, and we got to talk about burn, burn. Trey Young, Ice Trey, the gang, snapped. He was in his bag the entire night. Didn't get his 9, 10 assists, but 43 points in 36 minutes on 25 shots. 43 points. 16 to 25 from the floor, so efficient. 6 of 11 from 3, over 50%. I mean, he was just a terror. And I will say this. Right now, Steph has been in the slump. Steph Curry is still... Easily, probably one of the, the probably the best point guard in the NBA. But Trey Young is making a case as being the best point guard in the NBA as well. And I don't think the, the the gap between the two is as great as people think. There's a lot of Trey Young hate on Twitter. There's a lot of Trey Young hate, and I think it stems from the coverage from college. 
in his shot selection and his team not necessarily winning. And he is a winner. He has a winning attitude. He wants to win. And I think people just relish in him failing and losing. And I think that's fact. I mean, it's why people trash on Trey Young but love on Luka Doncic. And that's a discussion for another day. I mean, this is the podcast to talk about it because we're playing the Mavericks. But that specific conversation is a conversation for another day. But Trey Young has done everything and more to prove that he's an all-star starter. Prove that he's going to be an all, all-NBA all player. Second team at worst, if not definitely first team. Um, I would be safe and say at least second team. And the Hawks are surging right now. They're surging even though they lost on Friday to Toronto. And it's been due to, obviously, their defensive effort and their execution on defensive end, their execution in the fourth quarter, which was evident in Thursday night's game. And it was evident in Friday night's game, too. They were executing until, obviously, the last three minutes when their legs kind of got wobbly after, obviously, traveling up to Toronto on the second night of a back-to-back. But Trey Young has been a huge part of that. And another player who's been a huge part of that has been Kevin Herter, who's been playing great, knocking the three ball. He's hit 10 threes the last, well, between Monday's game and this game against the Suns, he's hit 10 threes. And then he has some threes, one three on Friday against Toronto. So he definitely cooled off. But 11 threes in the last three games is still nothing to sneeze at. Nothing to sneeze at at all. They had to guard him from three versus Toronto. And he added 19 points against the Suns, shot 7 of 15 from the floor, 5 of 10 from three. He was just hot, added three assists, three rebounds. And a lot of times when Trey Young has these huge scoring outbursts, he doesn't get a lot of help around him. Around him. Trey Young got help on Thursday night. Six Hawks players scored in double digits. Trey Young, Kevin Herter, John Collins, who had a bounce back game, as I mentioned earlier, 19 points, 10 rebounds. He shot 8 of 13 from the floor and 3 of 5 from 3. DeAndre Hunter was also in double digits, 13 points, even though he had foul trouble. Five fouls on Thursday. And he had a much better performance, not fouling and scoring on Friday. But 13 points from DeAndre Hunter, 4 of 7 shooting from the floor and hit his only three-point attempt. Gallo with 12 off the bench. Bogey with 11 off the bench. So contributions there. He had help. Trey Young had help. And that is just a great sight to see. A lot of times, I just feel like people just get in, caught up or in awe of what Trey Young is doing on the court. And fans do that too, but his teammates do that as well. I mean, he's a phenomenal talent. But sometimes when they get caught up watching, they're not getting as many touches. They get cold, and when their number is called, they're not making shots. That was not the case on Thursday night, as it was a team effort. They outscored the Suns every quarter, and they had a stalemate in the fourth quarter. So a win is a win against one of the best teams in the NBA, and that showed us that the Hawks can compete with anybody in the NBA. When they play defense, when they're moving the ball, when it's a team effort, they can beat anybody in the NBA. And that was the biggest positive that I took away from Thursday's game. And even though we lost the next night against Toronto, 125-114, and 
I, I talk about the back-to-back because -back, that was a factor, but Toronto did play four games in five days, albeit three of those four games, the latter three, were all at home for Toronto, so they did not have to travel, but their legs were still an issue, but wasn't wouldn't a hindrance to them scoring 125 points in the Hawks. Defense, the effort was there. The execution took a step back. I think it may be because of fatigue and travel. And the Raptors were just hot. They were just hot from the floor. I mean, they shot almost 57% from the floor and 63% from three. The 63% the from three is what killed them. If an, another team shoots 63% from three, you're probably going to lose that game. You're probably going to lose that game. And Hawks shot 46% from the floor. They were abysmal from three. After obviously hitting 20 on Thursday, they hit nine on Friday for 31%, as I said. Um, and most of those threes came late for the Hawks. They made a little stretch where they hit three, maybe four in a row. I think three in a row uh, in the fourth quarter. So that looked better than it actually was. So that is misleading as a stat. They were abysmal from three. They got out-rebounded by five, 27 team assists, which is great, but Toronto had 29, nine turnovers, which is great, but in the end, the three-point shooting is what killed the Hawks. I mean, even the Hawks outscored Toronto in the paint, but that scorching 63% from three is what killed the Atlanta Hawks. And I just think they just ran out of juice. I mean, the heart and the effort was there. I, you know, you, I can't question the effort, but I think they just fell short. And it's hard when <laughs> Siakam scores over 20 points in the first quarter and ends up with 33. He shot 11 to 16 from the floor, hit all three of his threes, nine rebounds, four assists. He was terrific that game. Van Fleet was the story in the second half, 26 points. On 10 of 18 shooting. Uh, congratulations to Van Fleet being an all-star. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA personally. Um, like I said, 26 points, 10 of 18 shooting from the floor. 5 of 10 from 3. 11 assists, 4 rebounds. So it was the Siakam show in the first half. And the Van Fleet show in the second half. Scotty Barnes, the rookie, 16 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. Ananobi, who played really good defense. He had 8 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists himself. Gary Trent, who was who's becoming a certified Hawks killer. <laughs> Shout out to Jason Walker there. Uh, 19 points on Friday, following up his 30-point performance on Monday against the Hawks. He hit three three-pointers on Friday. A lot less than his nine <laughs> on Monday, but still he was shooting that thing on Friday. Boucher off the bench with 11 and, and eight rebounds. And Precious Chua with 10 off the bench as well. Just a solid team performance from Toronto. Obviously, they, they were playing at home. They had the advantage. They had a big win the night prior in overtime versus the Bulls. Team with the best record in the Eastern Conference. So, both these teams had wins against teams that had the best record in their respective conferences. And that confidence was there on Friday night for both teams. But the legs started to leave them and the execution waned as the game went on, especially for the Hawks. And they were not able to get the win up in the six, even without fans. 
for the Hawks, 22 points from Trey Young, 13 assists, 6 rebounds. Wasn't as great from three, wasn't as efficient as he was the night prior, but trying to get everybody involved in that, he did. DeAndre Hunter, as I mentioned, with a bounce back game, 7-18 shooting, so not as efficient, but 23 points, far less fouls, four rebounds on Friday. John Collins, as I mentioned, 23-6 and six earlier. Capella, eight points and nine rebounds. Herter cooled off, only had seven points on three of eight shooting, one of four from three, added three assists and two rebounds. Bogey added 18 off the bench, which was a huge lift. For the Hawks, DeLon Wright added eight points. Okongu only with four. They did not have Gallo available, which would have added an another scoring threat off the bench, which could have helped and especially could have saved the legs of those front court players slightly, especially when you have John Collins playing 34 minutes. Capella played 19 minutes. Okongu with 21. Okongu is getting more minutes than Capella, which is interesting. I think it's foreshadowing for the future as far as Capella on his team. But like I said, they certainly fought. They had effort, but they just could not get it done on Friday night. But it's all good. You know, every game is important. I would love to win every single game going forward because obviously we need it in order to claw back into the top eight in the Eastern Conference and Mike Conti, who is obviously on 92.9 here in Atlanta, tweeted out what the Hawks needed to do going forward as far as record-wise. So the Hawks officially have 30 games left to play in this season. In order for this team to go 500, they need to go 16 and 14 in those 30 games. They will need to go 21 and 9, which will put them at a 0.555 winning percentage, which was what was last year's playoff line as far as for the top six, was winning basically 55% of their games. They have to go 21-9 and nine to get, meet that mark, and they need to go 22-8 and eight in the last 30 games to go with roughly 57% winning percentage, which was what last year's home court line was as far as the top four in the NBA. And the Hawks have a lot of work to do, so every game matters. And we don't have to add any motivation to this game tonight. Luka and Trey is all we need. This is kind of like with the Grizzlies, they're like our cross-conference rival right now. The Mavericks and the Grizzlies are our two cross-conference rivals, two teams with young point guards leading the team, ascending in their respective conferences. So, Timelines are kind of meshing, so when those games are played, they're fun games to be had. And going into tonight's game, Dallas right now, fifth in the Western Conference, 32-23 right now. They are 12 and a half games back from the one seed, but they're 6-4 and four in the last 10 games. They're playing a lot better ball. Luka's been on a tear as of late. So we're always obviously going to have to worry about Luka right now. The Mavericks are a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Dallas today. Currently, Gallo, Collins, and Lou will all listed as day-to-day. Borzingis will be out for the Mavericks, so that is one less scoring threat that we have to worry about in Porzingis. But you already know Luka's going to bring it. 
Luke is going to bring it where we're not going to take it lightly that we just have to worry about Luca in the supporting cast that's on the team and not have to worry about poor singers. In the words of Michael Jackson, Luca can do bad all by himself. He can do bad all by himself, let's be real. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a highly contested game. Obviously, the last time these two teams played, it was the first game of the season, and the Hawks blew them out here in Atlanta. So we're going to have to definitely bring it. Uh, going into tonight's game, John Collins is questionable with right heel discomfort. Gallo is questionable with right hamstring tightness, which is which is what kept them out of last game. And left hamstring tension has had Lou Will as questionable. So, But the key to the game tonight, I think DeAndre Hunter guarding Luka is going to be the matchup that I'm looking for. It's going to have to be DeAndre Hunter on Luka. That is... I mean, that's who I would put on Luka. I mean, the Mavericks are coming in pretty confident. They just beat the 76ers at home on ESPN on Friday. Luka with his 44th triple-double in his career. 33 points, 13 rebounds, 15 assists. And on Friday night without Porzingis, they still had four other Mavericks outside of him scoring double digits. I mean, you know, Finney Smith is always a... Pretty solid two-way player in the NBA. Reggie Bullock with his defensive prowess. They're probably going to put him on Trey. He had 20 on Friday night. Powell had 14. Jalen Brunson, who's in the lineup right now, 19 points. One of my favorite players in the NBA. He plays really tight. And I think the key to tonight's game is going to be the bench. It's going to be the bench. It's going to be the team defense on Luka Doncic. And we're going to have to move the ball. We're going to have to share the ball and take care of the ball. I mean, we are one of the better teams in the NBA as far as taking care of the ball. But I feel like that's a stat every single game that we need to look at. It's along, along with being just efficient, being selective with our three-point shots. Don't get in a hurry to trade baskets. Uh, that was one thing I was worried about. Versus the Suns, and we were making our shots. We tried to do that against the Raptors, and it failed. Obviously, we lost that game. And right now, the Mavericks are 18th in offensive rating in the NBA, 5th in defensive rating, which is a huge surprise to me. They are 3rd in opponent's points per game in the NBA, and surprisingly 24th in points per game when they score. So we're going to go against a team that has been better on the defensive end. So that means we have to be intentional in what we do on the offensive end. They are great at guarding the three-pointer as far as Dallas this year. Um, they are fourth as far as limiting opponents' three-point shooting attempts, second in three-point pointers made for opponents, and three-point shooting percentage is sixth in the NBA. They are pretty good at not fouling, getting you to the free throw line. They're a team that doesn't allow you to block their shot, doesn't allow you to get steals, 
So, and they take care of the ball really well. They're third as far as turnovers. So we're going to have to put some defensive pressure on this team, create some turnovers on the Mavericks. If we can force some turnovers, get team play, be really effective, uh, sorry, efficient and selective with our three-point shot and team effort as far as guarding DeAndre Hunter. I think DeAndre Hunter is going to be the X factor tonight, and John Collins is going to be the X factor tonight. With Porzingis out, I expect John Collins to eat, and we need to feed him tonight, let him take advantage of Porzingis not being in the paint, let DeAndre Hunter do his thing defensively, we're going to have to set some screens on Reggie Bullock to get Trey Young some clean looks and opportunities. And Bogey and that bench are going to be big as well. If the bench can produce and those other things that I mentioned happen, I think the Hawks get a win on ESPN and continue doing well on ESPN games, not on Friday night. So it's going to be a fun matchup. Early Sunday game today well early evening sunday game so you can watch it and then get back to your regular sunday programs and still get a good night's sleep tonight which is my plan for tonight because your boy tired your boy is grinding working and i'm just glad i was able to put this podcast out for you guys this morning ahead of tonight's matchup and if you love what you heard today give us five stars give us a good review share it and tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Share with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, basketball fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball enthusiasts, it does not matter. Put them onto the show and follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. That's at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. And follow myself, Brad Jarrett67 on Twitter. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67. I appreciate you all listening, supporting the program, and sticking with these Hawks. They are climbing up. They're going to be a playoff team. It's just a matter of where they fall and how they finish. Each game is important. That's why we are going to do our due diligence, focusing on these games, these last 30 games, so that the Hawks get into the postseason so we can have some extra podcasts, baby. Mm. So you guys have a wonderful Sunday. Let's go Hawks, and we'll catch you guys next time. have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile high quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything from t-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets. And of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days, like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection or the rich and polished premium slub crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. 
Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20.